0: Did I tell you what I did last night in my hotel room no. that wasn 't very exciting, I, and it made me smile. I did my laundry in the sink oh <laughs> oh. oh, okay,
1: not quite as good as, uh, as miles 's free laundry at the tournament, but uh, you did it in the sink
0: I can see why, I can see why there was so much pressure. On, on Miles and his partner qualifying for that toilet to get the laundry paid for, because we had the big debate, there was about four or five of us, about how expensive it is to do it in a hotel. And you just can't justify washing your underwear, putting it through the dry cleaning at the hotel because of the cost. And then there was this discussion about finding a laundrette, so we can go to a laundrette and do it. But it's um, Labor Day weekend, and we thought, well, we can't find one nearby. So it was getting to sort of crucial... A friend of mine actually went out to buy new underwear and so, and so I spent last night it's very glamorous really watching the tennis and with a sink full of of washed underwear so uh, as I as I look ahead of me now because I'm in my hotel room I can look up into the bathroom it just looks like a laundrette. Wow yeah that's good well I, I, I th- that's it's impressive how long does it take? What to dry to wash? To wash. Um, I didn't time it. I'm just trying to think. I was watching. Um, <laughs> I was watching. Del well, Pat- I just have an image of you, like with hours slaving away over your, your laundry. I don't think it thinking was thinking about all those players that get their free laundry. I think <laughs> I was, I'm trying to judge it on Del Potro, Chorich that I was watching because I wasn't working on the night session last night. I think maybe it took about it took about a set and the middle set because I was, I was I kept running into the bathroom, coming out and running in running out so it's uh it's done now i feel like i've i've done it but it, it it just made me smile because those conversations when you're talking about as players it's so expensive to do but a lot of the time you're just in hotels and where else do you do it it was a big discussion one evening at dinner about how when and where to do laundry so and we should i guess we should remind people maybe people have found tennis for the first time that i am currently in new york i'm in manhattan for the US Open and you are you're in the UK but you're back from your holiday I'm back from a holiday but I'm still on holiday because I'm not working
1: but I'm back from holiday back at home doing life bits and bobs yeah not quite as
0: glamorous as you doing your laundry in the sink in New York it doesn't sound glamorous does it people that come to Manhattan for weekends away to explore and there's me in a hotel room watching the tennis on the TV and cleaning my underwear in the sink yeah
1: that's basically it isn't it really
0: <laughs> that's it well we used to have oh well i used to
1: use the tactic when i was playing of a uh, match kit when you came off the court and it was it was wet soaked through that's went straight in the sink straight onto soak fill the sink up match kit and leave it for a little bit then wash it rinse it out hang out to dry you could wear it every day if you wanted because
0: you did not want to travel with too much kit oh because of the weight and the cost mm. Yeah. One thing I was wondering, in the hotel we're staying, it's, it's a big player hotel, it's a bigger junior player hotel, and the juniors have started, so there's just players everywhere. But I was wondering, when you're a tennis player and you're a tournament in the evening, what do you do? Is it you literally just return to your room and stay there? Do you go out? Do you go to the gym? I was just wondering about, I was seeing all these junior players in the foyer. I'm thinking, are they just all going to sit in their room until they need to practice the next day? Pretty much. Most of the time we just kind of rest
1: because that's the trouble is, you know, even if you walk around shopping for a few hours, which people do in Manhattan, right? It's a great place to shop. Yeah, it it can be quite tiring. Just just being up on your feet and that sort of thing. And when you're, you're really trying to be fresh for such an important tournament like the US Open, it's quite a big deal. You really just don't want to do that. So the only activity really that players would partake in if they had like so an evening off or something would be going to the cinema because, you know, you could just sit down. Or but then because sometimes that can get a little bit expensive, players would probably just kind of a group would go into a room and then watch a film. That sort of thing. But pretty much, yeah, watching films, watching TV, watching the local TV, go to a restaurant or have room service. We have a lot of room service. Pretty lazy on the whole. So,
0: you're, so, so you've got room service bills and possibly laundry bills. Because I was thinking if... And as an athlete, you are 100% a lot more disciplined than I will ever be. But if I ate out every night, which here you're effectively doing, because even at the tennis, you're eating out... I don't think I would ultimately end up being the healthiest right. if I ate out every night. To be disciplined, I stay in and eat. That's a bit. So are you just disciplined? Because if I was going out in Manhattan every night, I don't think I'd be eating the maybe the best food every night. Yeah, not anymore. But I did have a weird thing kind of... <laughs> because, you know, for a lot of people, going out to eat
1: is a bit of a treat. And you don't do it, you know, six times a week. <laughs> but I used to do it six, seven times a week, to be honest. Actually having room service was a bit of a treat. And so when I stopped playing tennis, you know, people kind of said, oh, this would be nice, let's go out to eat. And I just think, no, I just I just want a home-cooked meal and to sit on the sofa and to have, you know, no table and chairs and, and all this sort of stuff. So for me, eating out, I, I, it doesn't really have the same sort of kind of niceness, luxury sort of like, oh, you know, let's go out for a meal. That'd be really nice. It's just a thing that, we've or I've done just so much that it becomes again just another part of you know your routine like we would go into restaurants you ask for a table and as you're sitting down you say yeah if we could just get everything going as quickly as possible like we we are not there to enjoy ourselves in any way it's basically sit down order bring the food as quickly as possible as and as the food comes we ask for the bill sometimes pay the bill and go and we would be in there for 45 minutes really we're not kind of into, you know, sitting and hanging out at a restaurant. But as I say, the the niceness is, was kind of killed. Now, now it's much better. I, I've had a few years out of it. So, so now going to a restaurant is a nice treat again.
0: <laughs> it, it's It's weird, isn't it? When you're on site at a tournament, especially one like this, and staying in a hotel which has juniors and some of the senior players, you sort of, you realise that it's probably not as glamorous as maybe some people think in terms of of the the traveling and the packing and the stuff you're lugging around and the stuff you've got to do I sort of sit there sometimes thinking the juniors these they are young a lot of time traveling with their parents and this is effectively well largely their life just on the road the whole time
1: yeah I mean I first traveled by myself when I was 16 I think did quite a long block out in the states by myself just kind of hopping around and you grow up quickly I always have kind of a, I have a running joke with my friends that I went from being 12 to being an adult because you just, that's, you know, that's just the way it is. And, and now as a coach, and I kind of look back on it and I feel a little bit like, oh, you know, but, you know, I was doing some amazing stuff and, you know, wouldn't change it for the world. But sometimes I find myself now as a coach saying to my players, when I, when I get a little bit mean and a bit kind of, you know, here's some truth sort of coach situation I, I do sometimes say like look if you want to go and be a normal 12 year old kid go and be a normal 12 year old kid but you know if you want to be a professional tennis player that's going out the window so <laughs> that's, uh, that's down to you I swear, I, I swear I'm swear, i nice sometimes to them
0: I, I you know what I haven't seen this side to you but I actually think you'd be quite scary as a coach <laughs> no I'm not I'm very nice I say it
1: with a smile does that help? <laughs> soften the blow i'm not sure i'm not sure but i don't know we'll have to do one episode where we get where we get little uh the the girl that i coach at the moment little daisy we get her on and uh, you can ask her what it's like to work with me
0: well remember we're going to do a podcast with your brother nick and i should say i have seen nick again but have yet to say hello to nick but my excuse was he was Far side sort of walking and I looked up and went, oh, there's Nick again. So I, I still haven't, still haven't made contact with senior Brody. Oh, well. Cavaday. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs>
1: it's because I'm well, working with Brody. I know. You've been on with Naomi. You know, we, well, we get on with good buddies, but we get confused all the time. I'm not sure which one that's more of a compliment for. I'm pretty sure it's more of a compliment for me that I get confused <laughs> with
0: Brody. I do find... Sometimes. So we're doing the podcast now and later today, because this is early Monday morning recording this, I'll be working with Naomi Brody and sometimes I have to keep saying to myself, Brody, 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 because it's just the subconscious will suddenly say, oh, I'm here with Naomi Cavaday because I've been doing the podcast with you in the morning.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. OK, you need to be on that. Well, I'm going to throw another one in the mix just to really frustrate you and just to put you on edge at the beginning of your broadcast later is that a few times I've been introduced as Naomi Campbell, which <laughs> which I'm sure Naomi Campbell isn't aware of. But once in a match, I was playing in Eastbourne. I was playing a doubles match in Eastbourne at Eastbourne, playing a doubles match. So like a proper event. And, you know, when you're warming up, they say to the left of the chair from Russia whoever it was. And then to, and to the right of the chair, they said my partner's name, you know, it was, say it was Naomi Brodie, Naomi Brodie from Great Britain and uh, Naomi Campbell from Great Britain. So what Britain. did you
0: say? What, what, well, was everybody,
1: everybody was just hysterically laughing in terms of all of the players just started dying with laughter. And, and the umpire realised what had happened. It just kind of came out. It just slipped out. It just, it just came out. Uh, honestly, you would be surprised how many times it happens. It's, it's, it's something I just gloss over now. I, I just, okay. <laughs> okay, that's me. But I basically, yeah, I just said, you know, did you not know that I was one of the most successful models of all time? <laughs>
0: Amy Brody, uh, and I do mean yes. Amy Brody this time, has been telling me about gifting suites, which right. I, I, I get excited enough about. Your when you get your kit and you get to roam around stores and pick as much Adidas or Nike kit as you like. But she's been telling me about gifting suites, particularly at the Grand Slams. Everybody who's in the main draw, singles or doubles, gets to go into the gifting suite. And it's like Santa's Grotto. She was saying, so I said, oh, you know what? It's a little bit, you sometimes hear at the Oscars, anyone nominated for an Oscar gets mm. this amazing gift bag full of a two week holiday to the Bahamas and probably a car and diamonds and things yeah
1: it's worth it's worth ridiculous amounts of money for and but they give them to the really rich people i don't understand <laughs> i know they give kind them of like, to the
0: supporting cast not the main guys Come Who like I, I don't want a two-week holiday in the bahamas and, and naomi was saying that in the gifting suite here they could choose a tiffany gift which is amazing right. to start with that's yeah brilliant i got tiffany bracelet as a gift from the edge
1: classic it used to be dfs uh, but they had Tiffany bracelets as a as a gift. Turn up, and also they had they had a little charm on it with your initial. Oh that was wow, quite sweet, nice, so, nice, touch.
0: So do you get that at the beginning or the end? Oh yeah, when you turn up. So when yeah, you yeah, when turn you up, is it like a? Oh,
1: everybody, everybody's everybody's making a beeline for the gifts. <laughs> they could not keep them
0: in a locked cupboard long enough. So tell, are there gifts at every tournament?
1: Uh, mm, yes yeah, so and no. But sometimes the gift is like a tiny bottle of sun cream. So.
0: <laughs> it's not it's not really great. And to players are there tournaments known for their gifts? So you're kind of like, Right, I've gotta target that one, I've gotta I mean obviously Grand Slams, but are there are there tournaments at are low levels when you think, Right, I've gotta to get to that tournament because I know the gift is, say, a Tiffany bracelet or something? All of the tournaments are good. They you, you get something good.
1: But actually, you're talking about the juniors, you first start accepting your free gifts as a junior, because when you play the big tournaments as juniors, they're not allowed to give you any money. So you aren't allowed to earn any money as a junior because you're an amateur. So they give you stuff. It's great. I won an Xbox once and all sorts. Yeah, and I only won the doubles. and It wasn't even a good tournament. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. So they kind of, they don't do it at the slams though. You don't get free stuff. You just get your standard gifting when you turn up. But in terms of at prizes, so there's no prize money. So they would give out prizes. That's that, that's
0: where we all start getting very gift savvy <laughs> when, we're, when we're young. Would that be based on, so you sometimes look, I remember um, I ran the London Marathon and it was sponsored. Did you? I didn't in, know that. <laughs> when was that? A long time ago and <laughs> sl- very slowly. <laughs> I was I was overtaken by one of the rhinos. Okay. Rhinos can be quick. They're quicker than you think. Well, there were two and um, yes, they were quicker than me. <laughs> so let's say the rhinos... But you did it. I've never
1: were, done it. I've very... never run a marathon.
0: There you I, go. Did, I did it very slowly, but the year I did it, it was sponsored by Flora. So the year before, it had been Mars and, you know, a nice Mars bar's nice and you need the sugar and some chocolates. Free chocolate it is always good. Um, Did you seriously get given a tub of flora? In, <laughs> in our... Yeah. As your welcome gift. Yeah. Not as a welcome. <laughs> Although they do say, don't they, when you're running, you should use Vaseline to stop sort of chafing. You could just use... everyone so used <laughs> butter instead. <laughs> oh um, my God. No, they, they gave the... Because the mar- at the end, when you finished... You finish the marathon and obviously I was way, way, way down and bits of my body had stopped moving and I was really, really tired. They give you a bag, you cross the finish line, they give you a bag. It's not like the Australian Open where Naomi Brody's getting a Tiffany gift and, and headphones and vouchers to etc, etc. They gave you a bag and inside was the t-shirt that said, I've done it, so that's good. It says, you know, I've, I've run the whatever. There was a ham and cheese sandwich. And I, I, I know the thinking of you've been running in my case for hours and you might need some food. But I was thinking, no, I, I don't want, you know, you're sort of rifling through thinking, what, what have I got here? There's ham and cheese sandwich. Uh, and there was a little tub of margarine. And I was just like, and you know, I had the medal, obviously, they, they put around the neck. So, yes, I no, I was disappointed that, that Flora were the spons- sponsors that year because on my medal... It just had sort of flora written. So I was just wondering in tournaments, would you look at tournaments sponsored by certain people where I don't know if it was an insurance company, the gift might not be as good as if it was sponsored by, I don't know, a, a jewellery or a, a food and drinks company? Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, you're, look, you're not going to do your schedule on it but you know you're going <laughs> to enter a tournament and you're going to think oh okay that's a, that's quite a nice one so what
0: was what was Naomi saying about the gifting suites what what did she what did she get Instead it was amazing so she started but she started at the top so we really only went down from the tiffany gift she didn't build up to tiffany we we went hard in on on the tiffany gift and then it came down to then it was i think a really nice pair of headphones which I see a lot of players wearing the headphones so it's nice pair of headphones there was some toiletry bits and pieces you couldn't apart from the obviously tiffany gift depending on when you were a man or a woman or wanted the male or female gift everything else was sort of there it was vouchers to go shopping it was bits and pieces of clay it just sounded wow and i remember speaking to naomi in australia and it was a similar case of these gifting bags just especially a grand slam just seemed to be getting better and as you say so the, the very top people i'm not sure you know, Roger Federer ran to the gifting suite he might have done at the US Open and gone wow I've got my I don't know my money clip from Tiffany and my headphones whereas <laughs> if you're because it's everybody in the main drawer if you're a doubles player in the main drawer and it's not a regular occurrence that you're playing in these mandatory or master's tournaments that's going to be really exciting when you get this big bag full of stuff yes it's so exciting. You're almost not even
1: bothered about the match. <laughs> just, just, everybody loves free stuff. It's so good, but it is nice because it does. It makes you feel special. It makes it feel special that you're turning up to this big tournament and and you're given some nice gifts and it you know and they're appreciating your efforts, and you tell yourself I've invested hundreds of thousands of pounds over the years in my tennis. You know, I'm taking this Tiffany bracelet and I deserve it. That's What's the best? That's what you're saying. What's the best free gift you've ever received? Ooh, um, best free gift? Well, the Tiffany bracelet was great because I still wear it now and that's at least 10 years ago. What else is there? Um, well, at the slams when you get the theatre tickets and you get the, your boxes of stuff, food, always good food. Everybody needs snacks all the time. Sometimes you get really nice. Healthy snacks though, I'm assuming. No, no. Really? No, yeah, no, no, no. Not healthy snacks. Clothes. Clothes just, I mean, <laughs> I bang on so much about tennis players love free kit. I think they, they get free kit, you know, six, seven times a year, but they still want more. So yeah, getting your hoodies or your towels, t-shirts, I mean, even at the lower tournaments, they'll probably give you give you a t shirt or something, or like a ball kids t shirt. I don't know. They'll find something to give you, but but as I say, it goes all the way down. At the bottom end of the scale is probably a stick of sun cream.
0: Ah, okay. I can yeah, I can see why. But it's useful. They're trying to look after us. No, it's that's, normally at the hot places. Yeah, because a Tiffany bracelet's not essentially useful, but it's it's amazing. Whereas a sun cream, the sun cream in in New York. Last week, this week, I'm confused where we are on days, uh, would have been very, very useful. I mean, I was spending most of my time in air-conditioned rooms with jumpers on. But, and we're told that the temperature, I think yesterday, Sunday was 82. It's rising back up to 100. But I mean, last week, Naomi, from speaking to players, coaches, just spectators, those conditions are absolutely crushing because he said the weird thing was that normally you can get the heat in New York, but you don't get the humidity. So you were getting really high humidity, ridiculous temperatures. And it was at time when you saw the, the heat rule brought in for the first time on the men's tour because the conditions were, the players were saying it was so hard to be out there. Yeah. And it's amazing that they've never bought it in before, really, if
1: uh, if they were able to. I mean, they haven't bought it in in Melbourne, for example. Uh, there have been some brutal years in in Melbourne. But I mean, it look, it... I'm not out there, but I'm just looking at it. It looks steamy. I mean, literally, I mean, if you imagine being in a steam room, that's pretty much what it's been like, I think. I mean, people have been sweating before they even started, I mean I don't know how much kit people have gone through. This is why we need
0: all the free kit because we're wearing about 25 tops in a match. Well Del Potro um, said after his win against Borna Church that he's going to have to ask and I'm sure he'll get them for new shoes because you don't even you don't it's weird isn't it? You you look at them and you see the tops and the shorts and the skirts or the dresses but you don't think about the shoes. Mm. And he said I've gone through all my pairs of shoes they are soaked through and he said yeah. I'll be I'll be asking for some for some new shoes and I guess the other things you're tackling we're seeing a lot more people with blisters and all those kind of things that come with with playing in such ridiculous heat
1: yes definitely now I actually was playing at the weekend <laughs>
0: I'm re- what was the temperature I love that
1: I'm, i was segueing into this but it was national club league finals Big deal! Don't ask us how we did. We won the moral victory, um, <laughs> so we were winners. But yeah, it's a national club league. or so we were down there, but it's basically it's a load. It's, it's not a load of people. It's a combination similar to when I was talking to you about County Week of people who used to play like me, people who still play, good juniors, that sort of thing, and then there is also some people who like really. They, They've they've been they've been dragged in because they've got a weak team or something, and you've got these these people that
0: really don't play.
1: We talk about blisters. I mean, they were all over the place. They picked up a racket that was probably strung seven years ago, and <laughs> they're trying to play <laughs> against like, some seventeen-year-old kid ranked a thousand. And uh, in terms of like dealing with sweat and and kit and just and changing grips and blisters in particular, it was quite hilarious to be honest. <laughs>
0: It was brilliant. But not quite the same heat as New York. they give you that. We're down in Bournemouth. Oh, okay. So, well, we had temperatures on court felt like 113 degrees. And and for the men, because the heat rule is a new thing, obviously everyone had been briefed as to what could happen. So in the men's game, it's after, it's, it's at 2-1. They can, yeah, they can take the break. And they've got, like the women, they've got 10 minutes he can leave the court, they're not allowed to, not meant to talk because there's a little bit of controversy with Andy Murray saying that Fernando Vidasco was talking to his coaching team but you're not meant to talk. Hashtag liar, liar, pants on fire. (laughs) I spoke to a couple of Spanish journalists and I said, "Um, who do you believe? They went, Andy Murray. Um, (laughs) But there was a bit of confusion (laughs) as to to exactly what you could and couldn't do. And the most interesting question has been to the male players, what did you do? So I remember Sloane Stephens actually said on court that she had a slushy and a couple of bits of sushi and sat in the corridor because the heat rule is on the WTA tour, Cameron Norrie, the British number two, said he went and sat in the main press room because it was the coldest place. And there was loads of journalists going... We can vouch for that. It's absolutely freezing in there. It's a big room. It's the main press room where all the, the top players will go. Or if there's a huge story, the player will go. And sometimes, journalists- was, there
1: somebody, was there somebody big in the broadcasting world that really liked cold rooms? Because all of the commentary boxes are freezing. The press room's freezing. Was there, was there somebody, some sort of pioneer that just demanded sub-zero temperatures that everyone has to put up with now?
0: I imagine in this case it's for the players because sometimes a player will come straight off court, and in all they've been warming down. So in those conditions, the player probably comes in and thinks. Actually, this is quite nice for the journalists. Though, they might get in there if it's a player they really want to speak to or it's a big news story. They'll go in there. They'll have you in the media and there'll be a time. They'll say um, Roger Federer will be in interview room one at 3.45. So journalists will get in there early to set up cameras, to get in the front row, to put their equipment down. So they're in there maybe a good 15 minutes before Federer turns up and it's freezing. It's absolutely and then you've got to sit through the press conference. And then you might be waiting till the end to speak to him in a in a one on one interview. It's as a camera knows it's the coldest place I knew. So I went and sat there, but when he came out he was in trouble because they said, Well you've taken too long. And he said, Well hang on, there's a supervisor is sent with them with a stopwatch. Right. And he said, Well that's got nothing to do with me. He said I'm with someone who should be telling me you've had eight minutes and it'll take us a minute or so to get back out onto court. So there's there's been that sort of grey area of trying to figure out. And then Novak Djokovic on court after his win against Malton Fuchovic said, you know, it was, it was beautiful. We we lay naked in the ice baths together. That was so beautiful. He, he repeated it. He said... It was absolutely magnificent. And wow. I, it was probably magnificent from the point of view that they were so hot. It was, it was nice to have that relief of just cooling down. We then had, you might be able to clear this up for us, we then had a discussion in the commentary box because someone I was with said they wouldn't have a- been able to be naked in, there's a rule that you can't be naked in the ice bath. But Djokovic sort of said they were and I would have assumed they would have been. So was there ever, Ooh, are, are, there, are there etiquette rules about, about ice baths? I think
1: not being naked is possibly the top rule.
0: <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to be
1: naked. It's like going to this. It's like going to a swimming pool. Like, <laughs> no, okay. no, definitely, definitely can't have been naked. <laughs> but and then it's Djokovic. Maybe he can just do what he wants. I don't know. Uh, but for everyone else, but because people can walk in. It's not a private
0: thing. It's not like a shower cubicle. No, but I, it's just, I imagine... You know, it's a room. But I imagine in changing rooms, and I've never been in a, a men's tennis changing room, or a women's for that matter, a tournament, but there's an element of people just wander around anyway. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Definitely. But, but that's a changing room. Well, the ice baths are a part of
1: yes but you're gonna to have to like somebody else is gonna to have to use the ice bath. I just I just don't think it's necessary what's wrong with just having a pair of pants on
0: the ice baths aren't in the middle of the corridor no I am <laughs>
1: <laughs> in the thoroughfare
0: <laughs> you, I'm just <laughs> cooling off I'll be out soon and 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 then someone said that at the um, the Australian, no, sorry, the US Open, they, the ice baths are only big enough for one person. I think it was Dom Inglot, the British doubles player, said they're only big enough for one person. If you're really tall, then you're, you're, your knees are out of the water and it's all quite cramped. Whereas at Wimbledon, apparently it's like a, it's a double bed of an ice bath. So you could go in the yeah. ice bath with someone else. Yeah, they are like mini pools.
1: It's like a, a large jacuzzi, but it's not warm or bubbly. depends who you go in with I guess (laughs) I'm told it's cold
0: but every time I get in it's warm and bubbly so (laughs) and we're not talking about ice baths it's just (laughs) where's the hottest place you've ever played and how difficult was it melbourne
1: oh everybody remembers that year don't they the the year that sharapova was hallucinating and they had kind of iv drips waiting for players off when they came off of the court you like i mean the the physios were unbelievably stressed oh sorry the phcps that's what they're called on the women's tour. Primary health care providers. They're not physios. But it's a bit of a mouthful. But the physios. <laughs> the only reason they would say that is because they do it all. They're not like, you know, they do physio, osteopathy, you know. Or, you know it's, it's not it's not really fair to call them physios, but we all do. And uh, they were so stressed. I remember coming off from my match and uh, they had like three of, you know, the kids ice pops, you know, the really long, thin ones, weird fluorescent colors. Yeah. They basically kind of came up. To, when I got into the change room, because they, cause they follow the scores as well, so they know that you're coming back in. Um, and when you come in, they're like, right here, you have to sit here, you've got to eat these three of these long ice pop things. You've got to eat these, you've got to drink this, you got to do this, you got to do. I mean, you obviously can say no, but they were quite firm and they can be a little bit scary, you don't want to upset them. And they were, with everybody, they were kind of, you know, here's, you know, X amount of Gatorade and salts and this and this and whatever. And they were like, and they said to you, Okay, I want you to come back after you've done all of your press, and we're going to take a, a urine sample so we can see how hydrated you are and all this sort of stuff. So, I mean, the level of care is amazing. I mean, they are brilliant, but it it was they were so stressed, and you could tell that they would have rather we probably weren't playing. But my shoes started melting; they got stuck to the court, so I had to change my shoes. They and it, started melting.
0: It, <laughs> yeah, literally, rubber getting stuck to the court. <gasps> Did you try and move to a shot and found that you were a little bit
1: stuck on the court? Yeah, you know, if you walk along the street and you step on some fresh chewing gum... Yeah. You get a little bit, you just feel that little bit of a pull back. That was basically what it was. Did you have... It was only, I, would, no, I wasn't playing. It, it, no, hang on. <laughs> I was playing, but I was getting up from my chair. And I basically, I'd been sat down and my shoes had been in one place for a little while. And then oh, I got wow. up and I went to take a step and it was kind of stuck a little bit. So I changed my shoes. Oh. And that was the year, yeah, so uh, Wozniaki's water bottle just kind of crumpled and... They fried a few eggs and the court and, and all sorts, but it was great. We had a lovely time. Wow. Um, but anyway, but the PHCPs, the physios were, I mean, they were amazing. Like, you, can't, you can't say anything other than that, but it was quite strict. There was, it was just, there's, there's no time for this, Naomi.
0: Eat the ice pop. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to do, well, it's, it's so important, isn't it? I mean, talking to a few of the players about hydrating and then we've seen Rafa Nadal just sort of, downing sachets of salt water I didn't even know there were sachets of salt water but he was just taking a couple of those through his match and that was his match against Karen Hashanoff it's just it has been a lot of people say they they can't remember temperatures in New York like it because of humidity being so high yeah. I mean it was it, it's that feeling where you're in I'm largely in an air-conditioned room so people are saying wow how are you coping how's the heat and I'm sitting there sort of semi-shivering with a jumper on but then <laughs> you do suddenly go outside and you are hit by that hairdryer blast of heat and you're thinking wow this is this is tough for me to walk from here to here can you imagine being out on court in the heat of the day for for two, three hours, so it's it's good that the heat rule came in. I think everyone thought it was a really good thing that the USDA said right, the heat rule's coming in for men. It's already there for the women, and they can they can take that time. They can take that time if needed. I, I actually can't believe we're already we're already a weekend. Oh, I haven't got lost on the bus yet. That's my news from our from I haven't our, got
1: lost. I haven't, but my. But you so
0: you you texted me the
1: other day and you said you were
0: stuck. Where were you stuck? Oh, stuck. you traffic. moving. No awful traffic. I'll oh, just, just. I I could traffic. see the tennis. And I probably could have walked there quicker, but we were on the motorway, so I couldn't have <laughs> got off the bus. But you're <laughs> sitting there thinking, not a great idea. But you're thinking we are so close. But my producer, Cat, she I remember she was she was leaving on the bus, uh, the bus after me, and I think at one point I was like, uh, where are you? Shouldn't there wasn't that much traffic today, whatever day it was, and she left the hotel. The bus were quite lucky; leaves from our hotel. Thirty five minutes later, and on a good. You, you, you'd you be at the tennis by then, really, unless there's lots of traffic. 35 minutes later, they were back at the hotel because the bus driver got lost. He drove into a parking lot. He reversed from the parking lot. And he was. they've obviously got the route that they take. And because he had missed the initial turning, he didn't know what to do. So he went round and round and round Manhattan, came back to the hotel. That's the only place he could restart his journey from is if he was back at the hotel. So, yeah, it, it took them... About an hour and a half and they saw a lot. Of, it was like being on a sightseeing bus of Manhattan, you know, those open top ones. And you go around without just without the running commentary of what you're looking at. <laughs> well, good thing it was filled with broadcasters. You could have could have gone with the
1: commentary. But I mean, come on, that is beyond unacceptable.
0: Did no one on the bus have Google Maps? I think they did. I know my producer did because she was on the bus behind me. She always seems to be on the bus behind me yesterday when we were stuck in the traffic. And she said, oh, I'll be there in 10 minutes. I said, you're about to come to a standstill. And She went, no, no, I'll be there in 10 minutes. I said, no, you're about to come to a standstill. And then she sent me a Google Maps picture, which showed that she was about to come to a standstill. So I think, but I think it's whether they actually, I think they probably kept thinking, that he's going to find his way out because he just kept taking different turnings and reversing out of car parks and so i no, think No you'll end up in the docks like i did one year. I think they were very really really thought that he was going to make it then he came back to the hotel and obviously he reset and thought right this is the route. So i haven't i don't really have a bus story yet which is which is a good thing um but that's that sort of bus news from from New York what what's being spoken about Back home in terms of in terms of the tennis and what's going on. Well,
1: there's been quite a lot of um, of drama, really, hasn't there? I mean, in terms of the level of like the actual tennis, the Nadal-Hashanov match was just out Amazing. of this world. I mean, some of the most physical... Oh, it was just brilliant.
0: Did you get to watch that? Were you there? Were you, were you commentating on it? Or I was or commentating on that one and it was... It was amazing. It was absolutely I exhausted. Surely yeah, you're exhausted by the end of that. <laughs> there was there was one point, and obviously with uh, sorry, I'm doing radio commentary out here, so you describe largely every shot. There was a 39 shot rally. And, I watched it. And, it. and so good. At the end, I just. Yeah, I needed just to breathe for a little bit. So I was like, because uh, I kept thinking the point was going to finish, so my voice kept going higher. And higher in terms of, it's about to come to an end, <laughs> and it kept going. I was like, I'm not really sure. I'd, I must have just been yelling by the end. But it was, no, it was it was incredible. I mean, that was that was Karen Hershmanoff just showing people what he can do. He's only 22 years of age. It's uh, it was incredible. And then Rafa Nadal with a bit of tape on the knee and then the shots that we got from the warm-up room of him sort of trying to load everything on the right leg and telling his coach, Carlos Moyer, that he didn't feel quite right and then afterwards saying, I don't want to talk about it during the tournament. So a little... I mean, it, in his follow-up match against Nicolas Baselashvili, he dropped a set but there was no taping on the knee and it looked fine but there was a bit of wow, what's going to happen there? And, and we know the knees are a problem, but how big a problem are, are the knees going to be? So there's just a few little sort of bits and pieces. And, and in the same half of the drawers, is um, Juan Martín del Potro, who looked, Borna Chorich looked slightly injured towards the end, had a medical timeout, but uh, del Potro looks very, very strong.
1: It's one of those things, isn't it, where... When you get a match like that, I mean, because it's it's tiring, right? You on site, long days, and we've we talked about how tired we get get commentating. But when you get a match like that, it's
0: just amazing. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's absolutely incredible. You get so engrossed in it, and I think. That's the beauty of radio, that you're so lost in it because you're covering every shot of every point and you're just thinking, I don't want this to end. And the players were thinking, we really want this to end because <laughs> it is <was> absolutely <laughs> exhausting. But it's, it's great. There's been a few matches like that. We had Alex de against Marin Cilic. It was the fourth latest finish in US Open history. I think it was 2.22 in the morning. And a friend of ours, Nick Lester, was, was commentating on that. And I remember I'd left before Nick. And he said, oh, it might be a late one. I was like, no, I'm sure it'll be fine. And then 2.22 with Marin Cilic <laughs> coming back from from two sets to love down. There was Kai Kanepi who went out to Serena Williams who blasted Simona off court blasting her way through yeah. the draw. Dropped the first set to Serena Williams, 6-11, 16 minutes. And you were thinking, wow, this could get a little bit uncomfortable. And then we find ourselves deep in a third set. So it's really, it. you get some great matches early on, but it, it's... It, a tournament like this isn't it it's when you start to get deeper and deeper into the tournament that you get these cracking matches
1: yeah I think there's going to be some good ones as well I think they may even be trumped <laughs> Elise Corne changing her top at the back of the court getting a code violation for that one of the most ridiculous things i've ever seen but it's just it do you know it's one of those things i, I was chatting to my friends about it because they were saying how outrageous you know men can change their tops it's just it's always been a rule that we have to leave the court to change and it's always been a pain and everybody's kind of grumbled about it but nothing's ever really been done about it so i kind of expect the rule to change now but then they, someone the said the ca said that she could have changed at the chair I didn't know that as a rule, uh, we had always for me we've always been asked to leave the court. i've never seen
0: anyone change at the chair apart from at the very end of a match essentially naomi um, Naomi Brody said the same, but apparently there isn't a rule that says you have to leave just just assume that or told or because she I said so she said I assumed we had to leave the court, but apparently from what I heard from other people that there isn't there isn't a rule and you can I think the problem with the Cornet story and, and it started to... Because obviously with our time difference, we woke up and the UK were were in a almost frenzy about this story and and is it because she's a woman? Is it because of this? And it really came down to that if she changed it at the chair, there wouldn't yeah, have been a violation fine. if she changed yeah. it. And, and a lot of people on social media were doing a split screen of um, Federer at his chair, taking his top and and corner at the back of the court. And it's like, you find us a picture of, of a guy changing his shirt at the back of the court and then put that next. Yes. It was, as, yeah, yeah. as, as everyone agreed, it, the chair umpire should have used a bit more discretion and she wasn't fined or penalised a point and probably should have been a bit more. But I think it was simply, if she'd changed at the end of the game, because now we've got the shot clock and everyone's got to be everywhere by a certain time. If she changed her chair, we, it's probably something we wouldn't be talking about.
1: Yeah and it's just that it's just the way it worked out in that she didn't realize it was on backwards until she got down the end and then as you say the shot clocks there so you kind of have to do it quickly and all that sort of stuff but it got way out of control like it it's not really a big deal it's just one of those things that yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll see more people changing at the chair because I didn't know about it. Naomi Brody obviously didn't know either, and I'm sure most players are thinking, "Well, I would love to just ch- change my top at the chair; that would be way easier." So I think that will change. And of course, continuing on with the the uh, with the kit and stuff, we had Serena, you know, the French Open, Roland Garros, saying that the cat suit would no longer be acceptable dress uh, for the tournament. And my word did it kick off about that i mean people were saying they're suppressing women's rights and all sorts it was crazy what do you think about that well it's just a case they didn't really explain it very well i think they, (laughs) they, they, they kind of you know got themselves into a situation here in that basically there has always been a rule that you cannot wear that that has never been a legal thing to wear in tennis it is not tennis attire so you cannot wear leggings you can't wear skin tight on the bottom half for women, you just can't do You actually can't do it for many either. They can't wear leggings either. So, and I think we're all very appreciative <laughs> that, that no one can wear leggings. It's great. So this rule was made years and years ago before leggings were really, well... After the initial legging phase in the 80s and before the new legging phase, which we're in now. But basically they just because they didn't want people to be just wearing the ball shorts. So you know how the skirts are attached to the ball shorts underneath where you put the balls. People wanted to just wear them and they just kind of look like hot pants and it just wasn't really great and appropriate. And they just said, look, it's not tennis attire. You have to wear a skirt over the top or shorts over the top. And they just made the same rule for three quarter length leggings and full length leggings. No one has ever played a match that you can see, apart from Serena, where they have just worn skin tight stuff on the bottom with nothing over the top, right? It's just, that's what tennis attire is. Uh, And then basically Serena wore it and got away with it because she's Serena and people tend to uh, be a little less strict on those rules. Uh, But because her catsuit became quite a big deal, it became quite famous, she obviously did well and all this sort of stuff. Some of the players started piping up saying, hang on a minute. We're not allowed to wear this stuff. And you know what? If you go to any practice court, I mean, you'll see the practice courts in New York. All of the girls, they're all wearing leggings. Probably not in this heat, to be fair. But as in, in general, nowadays, they all want to wear yoga stuff. Everybody wants to wear leggings in a singlet top over the top of a sports bra. That's what everybody would choose to wear if they could. But it's not match kit it's not tennis attire Uh, so literally so all they were doing was saying we've reviewed the rules we've decided that we're sticking with the rules and Serena won't be able to do that again so it's it's kind of all they were saying so for people to say they're oppressing women's rights I think it's
0: just a bit ridiculous there have there have been quite a few talking points maybe not necessarily on the court or things that happen on the court that have have sparked in week one or what was week one I have to keep remembering it's Monday morning what about Mo week two Mohamed Liani coming down from the do chair. What do you think about that? It was, I think generally from the people I've spoken to, from the players I've spoken to about it, the, the general consensus, I think for everyone, was that it, was, it, it did overstep a mark and it's not something you see and it's not something... You often see chair umpires in the chair. They might lean across and say a couple of things like... They, they might sort of say something from the chair, but to see a chair umpire actually come down and for an extended period of time chat is well, it's unheard of, isn't it? And I think the general consensus and and really just speaking to the players who could have been in the same position as Pierre-Eugoubert, who Nick Kyrgios was playing and then beat, was, it it is wrong. And they all said, look, it, it is wrong. That wasn't right. But, you know, OK, it's it's been dealt with and it was a mistake and let's move on. So Mohammed Leani is 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 a lovely guy. He does like to get quite involved in the matches and talk. And, and the, <laughs> the people you speak to say, look, he is a guy. He's a lovely guy. And he made a mistake and it, it shouldn't have happened uh, because they, they were saying, look, it, it did, it can... It did look like coaching, it looked like a pep talk and Nick Kyrgios was a set and three love down at that stage and then he won that set on a tie break and then lost three games in the next two sets and Nick Kyrgios said it, it didn't help and I, I, I didn't listen to him and Nick Kyrgios doesn't have a coach although he yelled out against during his match with Roger Federer I need a coach, so maybe, maybe that would change <laughs> but the general consensus was that from... A media person watching it, it looked weird, it didn't look right, but actually speaking to the players involved, it's generally been he overstepped a mark, it shouldn't have happened, it wasn't right, but let's, it's been dealt with and let's just move on. That 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 seems. Oh yeah, like calls for him to be fired and removed. And I mean,
1: I mean, come on. Like, as you say, Liani is he's he's an involved umpire. He likes to really be part of the match. He doesn't like to feel like a spectator. And you know, and a lot of people love him for it. Ultimately, he's incredibly good at his job. But also, Kyrios is one of those players who he chats with the umpires loads in matches. So they've. You can think how many times Liani's umpired him and umpired all the other players and that sort of stuff. They actually do have a relationship in terms of they do communicate and they ch- they chat, do matches. I mean, you know, Liani's had to be like a disapproving father and, you know, tell him off all the time and that sort of stuff. And, and you know, you can, it's just one of those things where absolutely he was, he was out of order. He crossed the line and I think he should be told that. You know, you could see he he just really wanted everybody to get on with the match. <laughs> and at the time Nick was just walking from side to side not doing a lot. But um but no, I it, yeah, I mean but that 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 blew up huge as well. I don't know what's going on. There's some there's, seems to be is there, there's somebody fanning flames throughout the whole US Open. Everything's blowing up into a big thing, like way bigger than it should be. I think it it, it may be the heat.
0: I think I think the heat, Yes. I think the heat gets to people and it makes us all do slightly crazy things. And it's only gonna get get hot as i mentioned it was in the 80s on sunday and that's rising and rising and rising it's labor day in in the us today so all the sales are on the stores people are on holiday but it's back to work tomorrow and i think i think yeah it's going up till about wednesday it's going to be back in the hundreds so it's but then largely at the u.s open the the singles matches will be played in the evening because there'll be less matches. So it, it means, of course, there are still doubles and, and juniors who are having to deal with the heat, heat of the day, but there might be a respite for some of the players. Now, I might have to leave you soon because it's funny, If I, I'm not going to, but I'm, I'm staring ahead of me. I can see all my, my laundry, all my underwear hanging. <laughs> you know how you try and find as many places to hang it in a bathroom. I don't know how I'm going to have a shower. It's it's everywhere. I'm not going to post a picture on our Tennis Instagram or Twitter <laughs> account because I think it's a picture that no one needs to see. I hope I've painted a picture, but no one needs to yeah. see that. So I need to I need to go and check that out because the day is, it's just gone breakfast time. So the day is... I've got to start and get back out there. We wanted. Have you missed breakfast? Don't miss breakfast. It's the best meal of the day. I know that's that's why I'm saying goodbye now because I want breakfast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we we want to we want to remind people don't we that if um, if they've got a question, they can get in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram. Anything maybe yeah. they want. I'd love to yeah. know what
1: people think about all of the drama, the Liani thing, the Corne
0: Serena or anything about the U.S. Open as well. Yeah, that'd be great. We'd love to hear. And if people would like to leave a review, and hopefully, if they've got this far into the podcast, they've they've enjoyed it or they're at least intrigued about something. So, we'd like a review would be really nice. Next time, well, we speak to each other all the time, but next time we do a podcast, we'll both be in the same country. I don't know if we'll be in the same place, but we'll both be in the same country.
1: Wait, when are you coming back? Are you there through the through to the end? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're doing the finals
0: as well. Oh, he's such a big dog. I've uh, I've qualified for the finals. <laughs> hey. so, so I'll be I'll be flying back in about a week's time. So we've both been there. I might be slightly jet lagged when we next speak. But I, I just thought that a friend of mine listened to last week's podcast and said, Uh Naomi didn't say goodbye to you last week. <laughs> I was like Look, I, I was happens. letting you
1: I was letting you do your professional broadcast wrap-up that you do so well. I was just
0: listening and learning. That's all it was. Oh, oh, you're so nice. Um, Yes. So I think I've done the professional wrap-up bit. You need to try and catch up with my brother at some point. Yes. Okay. I will. Is he still here? Is he staying? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so I'm not really sure. Actually, I'm I'm as I say, I'm largely in a in a commentary box or reporting booth, sort of locked away. But if if I see him, I promise you, I will. That has to be my mission now for these podcasts. Oh, and can we give a quick mention to Sven because we have had a couple of messages saying when, where, and when is the Sven segment coming in? Oh, there's Sven. I've actually seen (laughs) Sven. Is it is it (laughs) is it not a good sign for our podcast that he's asleep? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, he wasn't at the
1: beginning. He was running around and doing, being very naughty, but he's now crashed out. So typical puppy. He's now asleep. But yeah, we, oh yeah, we've got to do more on Sven. Oh, there are plenty of updates as far as Sven's con- concerned, definitely. Okay, so so we're gonna- gonna, but when the US opens on, there's in, there's enough to, to be going. Sven can have his his, his 15 minutes uh, the other times.
0: So. Yeah, especially after that first week. Well, okay, so I'm going to go and sort out the laundry and, and have some breakfast and then get on the bus. And I probably will get lost on the bus today I will keep in touch and we hope everyone's enjoyed listening we'll speak again soon yes goodbye Gigi you nearly forgot to say goodbye <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, because you just finished <laughs>